Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott and Chilson Chrysler Dodge, Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seeds website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. On Wax 104.5 on a Wednesday morning, shank of the day, it's chore time. Bob Bosold with you. Jill is, is off. I don't know if she's uh, snowed in down at the Welke Land and Cattle Company or uh, what her challenge was to get out, but... Uh, Around this area, didn't get near as much snow as we thought, but some folks did get snow. We'll look at that. Also, they came out with the deer hunting totals as the DNR held a press conference and a pretty healthy hunt it was around Wisconsin. We'll look at that. And also, maybe some good news out of Mexico as far as corn sales are concerned. Because, you know, they said they didn't want our GMO corn in 2024, starting in 2024, and that would be a severe blow to our corn exports. And uh, we'll take a look at uh, some folks appointed to the uh, Soybean Board, the United Soybean Board. We'll do that as we go along this morning, including uh, one from our area and uh, one from on the fringe of our area and one from way down in Beaver Dam. So lots to talk about this morning as we've got chores and uh, we've got weather to tell you about, including the fact that, uh, yeah, some folks got a lot of snow. We'll tell you who got what here in a moment. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it looks like areas off to the north and west got the most snow. Rice Lake about seven inches. Over in River Falls, six and a half. And uh, around Eau Claire, just 2.7. No problem to move it. Spring Valley got about three inches. So uh, west and northwest got uh, the most snow yesterday. Concern now is wind probably going to blow around it. And also on some of the, the side streets in the towns and also on some of the back roads. Be careful because it has been packed down. And it's kind of icy, and if they haven't gotten salt out yet, they're working on it. But uh, if they haven't gotten the sand, I should say, sand out yet on the roads, be very, very careful, especially when you come to intersections, bridges, things like that, because uh, there are icy spots out there this morning. So uh, Mother Nature is not done with us yet, because winds today are going to be, oh, 25 miles an hour plus. 
So the snow we got is going to blow around a little bit. Cloudy today with a high about 23, down to about 7 tonight. 35 tomorrow, 42 on Friday. Maybe a little melting. And uh, then it'll stiffen up again Saturday, 18 for a high. Sunday about 33 and sunny. But uh, the snow has passed through, and it looks like uh, it'll be pretty nice outside of the winds coming around right now in the eau claire chippewa falls area again checking the schools looks like uh, everything was pretty much yesterday afternoon and and uh, yesterday evening cancellations but uh, you can go on the wax website look for school closings and uh, double check those because uh, they're always available to you or even our friends over at uh, weau channel 13 weau.com and uh, go to closing school updates and uh, a lot of ways to get it but again, it looks like uh, Mother Nature has calmed her down a little bit. Just the winds coming our way. A couple minutes after 5, this is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. Let's find out what else is happening. NBC News Radio, I'm Trey Thomas. Two people are injured after a tornado ripped through central Louisiana. Authorities say there's significant damage in Caldwell Parish, where trees have fallen on homes, and witnesses say debris was hurled thousands of feet into the air. The Caldwell Parish Sheriff's Office says two people were injured Tuesday night when the twister destroyed homes near Highway 126. Damage was also reported in eastern Mississippi, where authorities say shoppers were trapped inside a grocery store as a tornado tore through Lowndes County. The Senate is passing a landmark same-sex marriage bill. Maine Senator Susan Collins thanked her fellow Republicans who voted for the bill. Despite a lot of pressure, despite a lot of criticism, and cast what I believe will be a vote that they'll look back on with great pride. The Respect for Marriage Act passed Tuesday afternoon as 12 Republican senators voted along with Democrats to advance the bill, which recognizes gay marriage nationwide. The U.S. is proposing an interim solution to the water crisis in Jackson, Mississippi. The Justice Department said in a statement it filed a proposal to appoint a third-party manager to stabilize the city's public drinking water system. It's meant to work for now, while the Mississippi Department of Health uses federal resources to solve Jackson's water crisis long-term. Three Chinese astronauts are making history after arriving at China's new space station. The three astronauts arrived early Wednesday at only the second inhabited space station orbiting the Earth, marking the first in-orbit crew rotation in Chinese space history. You're listening to NBC News Radio. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, weather-wise, well... Not going to be real warm today, and it's going to get windy, but then Thursday and Friday should be awfully nice before we get cold again over the weekend. So what does that mean? Well, we've got a forecast of a 21-degree high. That's kind of interesting because it's 22 degrees right now, so it tells you something. It's not going to warm up a whole lot today, and it will get windy, too. Wind's going to pick up 25 miles an hour plus. So, again, if you're out and about and going to be outside Make sure you bundle up and prepare for that wind blowing that snow around. 21 the high today, down to about 7 above tonight. Tomorrow, 35, partly cloudy. Friday, 42, partly cloudy. Saturday, a high of only 18.
18, partly cloudy skies. Sunday looks like a nice sunny day and a high about 33. Again, Rice Lake had, uh, well, the most of the reports we saw, 7 inches. River Falls had six and a half, and we had uh, oh, a little under three inches here in Eau Claire. Right now, it's 22 degrees in Rice Lake and Wausau, 20 at Medford, 21 at Marshfield. Lacrosse at 24, Madison Sun Prairie also at 24 this morning. They don't have any snow to move. Green Bay's at 25, Milwaukee's at 29, and right now, 22 degrees here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And let's take a look at what the markets look like this morning, courtesy of the folks at Rural Mutual Insurance. And uh, they'll be busy this weekend, of course, part of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. So down at the Dells at the Kalahari for the annual convention of this weekend of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau. An update from Rural Mutual Insurance. Choice fed beef steers trading 144 to 160 and a half with the mixed steers 116 to 143. Heifers 143 to 163. Mixed heifers 103 to 142. Choice fed Holstein steers 127 to 139 and a half. Select and silage fed Holstein steers 75 to 125. Cows 58 to 95. The bulls 60 to 101. The hog trade at the end of the last week 75 to 93 and a quarter. The sows 41 to 45. The boars 15 to 17. Shorn market lambs 111 to 124. No quote on the unshorn lambs. Feeder lambs uh, 105 to 200. Ewes traded yesterday 65 to 97 and a half. The small goats 10 to 185. Medium goats 45 to 245. The large goats 145 to 530. The nanny goats 70 to 305. At the Mercantile Exchange, livestock futures, cattle prices were up. Hogs were mostly lower. December live cattle, 152.67, and that was up a dime. February cattle, 154.80, up 12. April at 158.57, also up 12. And June at 155.30, up 27. Feeder cattle for January, $178 even, up $1.12. March, 181.17, up 57. April at 184.85, that was up 45. May at 187.97, up 42. And August at 198.35, that was up 7. Hogs, December lean hogs, that was up 47 at 81.07. Then the market went lower. February hogs closed 84.15, down 60. April at 89.75, down 75. And May at $95 even, that was down 25. Board of Trade was quiet yesterday. It was mixed. Beans were up on strong oil demand. And as we look at the overnight trade, March corn up two cents at six seventy one. The oats up two at three eighty five. March wheat up five at seven eighty seven. Soybeans for March up eleven at fourteen seventy seven. And meal up three sixty a ton on the March contract four hundred and ten dollars a ton. Dairy markets uh, struggling this week. Barrel cheese down another cent and three quarters to a dollar eighty. The blocks fell three and a half cents to two oh nine. Butter was up a half at two ninety three and a half. The November class three up one at twenty one oh four as that comes off the board today. December down thirty two. We don't have twenty dollar milk on the board now after November. December down thirty two at nineteen eighty five. January down forty one at nineteen sixty one. February down 12 at 1964, and March down 20 at 1981. That's the way the markets look this morning. 
right here on Wax. Again, we got uh, we have 21 degrees as a forecast high. Current temperature is 22, so that tells you what's going to happen the rest of the day. Not much temperature-wise, but the winds will pick up. They'll get about 25 miles an hour plus. Some places could see 40-mile-an-hour gusts, so be aware of that. Almost 12 minutes after 5. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Is it over the harvest we're talking about? We'll talk about that and other things this morning on our Provision Partners program. Brad Matson, lead agronomist with Provision Partners, is with us. And Brad, from uh, what you see, farmers in uh, the eastern part of the Provision Partners district and over in the western part, the Hickston area where you're located, I'd say it's about done, wouldn't you? Yeah, we're definitely in the very, very short rows at this point, and uh, hopefully, with the, with the, they got her done before the, this last little snowfall, and and as we button up for basically December tomorrow, so it's going to be the start of the Christmas season already. Well, let's talk about uh, what you talked about earlier in the season: the importance of getting that soil test done in the fall. You've got a lot of soil tests done. Let's break it down because, again, we've got provision partners over in uh, central Wisconsin, over in the eastern part of the uh, area, as well as the western part where you're at. Let's start with the soil tests in the western district for provision partners cooperative. Any trends or what did you see? Well, you know, we talk about how to manage our fertilizer costs, and one of the first trends that I noticed that was really concerning is on, on pH. So 12% of our soil tests that we did on the western region of our trade territory well, were less than 5.5 pH. So the effectiveness of your fertilizer, that chemical reactions in the soil, is really dependent on that pH. So when we're below a 5.5 pH, we waste about 30% of the fertilizer you put on there. So when you look at the cost of this stuff, making sure you're managing that is going to be huge. Looking at a, on a little bigger thing is the base minimum we need for soybean production, 59% of the soil samples were below that 6.3. So at those levels, you're wasting 20% of your fertilizer investment, thus costing yield. I was looking at uh, some yield data on one field for a customer yesterday, and the difference between yield between a uh, 6.8 on the same field in the same soil type and a 5.8 was over 40 bushels of yield. Soil fertility was basically the same, same weather and all of that, but just the pH was 40 bushels difference between those two variations, and uh, so it's quite, quite huge. Um, the other thing we're seeing, 27% of the uh, soil tests are coming in low on phosphorus, with only 2% or 9% of that coming in at excessively high. So quite a bit of, of uh, acreage, we're, wait, we're, we're losing yield on both sides. So through phosphorus, if we start getting up on that 90, 100 parts per million, you're going to see uh, plant health issues, yield degradations, the same thing you're going to see, severe yield degradations once you get below that 17, 18 parts per million. We were seeing 35% of our soils were in the kind of the critical stage of K, where uh, we're going to see 15 to 20 bushel yield decreases when we get down into those levels. There were only 2% of those soil tests were excessive, so it's critical both sides. You want to be in that kind of a sweet range for all of these things. So understanding, you know, that soil test and then making those fine recommendations 
uh, is going to save you a lot of money on your inputs, make what you put out there more effective, more useful, and give you what we're all searching for, uh, more grain in the grain bin at the end of the season. How much resistance do you get from guys about soil testing, uh, yearly soil <laughs> tests, and the importance of these numbers are, well, kind of shocking. Well, it all comes with knowledge and, and understanding. You uh, you know, once you explain to them and you can show them on their own fields how we're doing it at Provisions with taking some of the soil test actual yields and showing them, uh, you know, if you change this, it's going to affect you at this many bushels, it becomes easy. If you're just going out there taking a soil test and not doing anything with it, well, it has no value, so then you get a lot of objections. So if you're not going to use the information, you get a lot of objections and stuff, but if you sit down and really work through the numbers with, with producers, uh, it gives them better knowledge to make better decisions for the operation, and uh, resistance to it is uh, not there. In fact, they, they'll actually start pushing us to do more of it and those types of things. Yeah, soil testing, it's uh, one of those management decisions that you just uh, have to get involved in. And next week we'll talk about the soil test results from the eastern part of the Provision Partners Cooperative. Brad, have a good week and enjoy the snow. Well, I'll go out and make snow angels again today. <laughs> go ahead and do that, Brad. Brad Matson. don't think he got a lot of snow. should have asked him how much snow he got down there, but again, the most was up north. Rice Lake got seven inches, River Falls six and a half, Spring Valley four and a half. That's where most of that snow did fall. 18 minutes after five, we'll take a look at some farm news next here on Wax. And let's take a look at some of that farm news brought to you by Chili Implement in Chile. Brad and the gang over there. Well, apparently Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack's recent visit to Mexico had some impact. Following that visit, Mexico's President Obrador said he might back off a little on his earlier stance that Mexico would no longer buy genetically modified corn, better known as GMOs, from the U.S. beginning in 2024. He now says he might allow imports of the product to be used as livestock feed. Now, Mexico, of course, is our second-best customer for corn, and they are our best overall customer for U.S. agricultural products, buying more than $63 billion worth of our farm production this year, or last year, rather, and the number is expected to be bigger this year. And three Wisconsin soybean growers have been appointed to serve three-year terms on the 73-member United Soybean Board on that list. Tony Mellenthal from the O'Galley area has been on the state soybean board and president for a while. Sarah Stelter from down at Watoma. Nancy Kevazanjian from Beaver Dam. Their terms begin tomorrow on December 1st. We're going to talk to Bridget Finke at the end of the year. Revisit uh, your plan for the future of your farm. We'll do that next right here on Wax. 22 degrees. Wind's going to pick up today as we're looking for mostly cloudy skies. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. As we get close to the end of the uh, fall harvest, put the machinery away, maybe it's time to get the uh, plan out that we have for the farm for going forward. Bridget Finke is going to talk with us about that this morning. Bridget, of course, our resident attorney with Valley Crossing Law in the Baldwin area. And, Bridget, what brought me to thinking about revisiting the plan right now is reading an article I saw about a plot of land in Nebraska sold for 
$27,000 plus an acre. And we've seen them in Iowa, twenty five, twenty six thousand. And I, it got me to thinking that as we put together our succession plan for the next generation, do we put actual values on there? And if some one of the kids is going to get the land, another going to get the buildings and things like that, how equitable is that? And, and what about revisiting these plans to deal with some of these things? I think sometimes these plans are viewed as, okay, we did that now. Check that off the list. Put it on the shelf. Don't worry about it. It's all taken care of. And it really is important. I mean, you're raising really good points of all the things that can and do change uh, in terms of values. Did we switch enterprises? Hey, interest rates have changed just a wee bit here lately. Um, and all those things impact both the viability of the cash flows, of, of doing a buyout, if that's what your plan says, what the overall value is, and how that value balances with um, the other assets for doing that balance between farm and non-farm children. And so it is always a good idea to be pulling out those plans periodically and, you know, hey, when you're gathering up your stuff for tax time, it's a great time to um, take the temperature as well on that plan and see what we have written in there. Does that still make sense? And when you talk about a buyout, what exactly are you talking about for the for the next generation, like I say, if this is going to be, you know, parceled out by entities on the farm versus just the overall general value, what are you talking about as far as a buyout? Well, a lot of farms now are um, utilize different business entities as part of their ownership, and often there's multiple owners within the entity. So life isn't as simple as my folks, right, where mom and dad owned the farm until they didn't own the farm, right? Um, it's, it's more common now that we may have even multiple generations involved with ownership, and so then we usually have restrictions and controls on that ownership of, hey, if grandson decides to walk away, what happens? It may be you know, a buyout, or mom and dad, if they pass away, do the other owners have the right at the business level to be able to say, no, you can't give that to Johnny who lives off the farm, we've got the right to buy that interest. So um, a lot of those buyouts are triggered by, you know, different events in people's lives, giving people the um, ability or option to be able to um, acquire those business interests to keep outsiders out of the, the business management. So you're talking about maybe the next generation wants to continue the farming operation versus other siblings that don't. The ones that want to keep the operation, it's fortuitous for them to buy life insurance on mom and dad that they control that value to, to buy out their siblings? Is that kind of what you're talking about? That can be the case, right? So sometimes mom and dad put in their will or their trust and they say, you know, the two kids that are on the farm get all the farm interest. And sometimes it's as simple as that. But often it's not as simple as that because it may be that 95% of mom and dad's estate is all tied up in the farm. And so then those other two non-farm children, you know, are getting uh, far too little in what mom and dad deem the right balance between non-farm non -farm children. So it's not uncommon that um, either 
number one, those kids have the protection of knowing that if mom and dad change their mind and switch and say, instead of saying the farm goes to them, the farm kids, that it goes to the non-farm kids, that they have on the business level the ability to intercede and say, no, we're going to buy it. And then, of course, the question becomes, where does that money come from? And in the case of a death, life insurance can be a great tool and a great way to have liquidity there so we can get those non-farm kids some cash and let the farm kids continue the operation and have control and ownership of all of those um, assets that we need to keep the farm going. Bridget Finke with us, and again, Bridget, uh, our resident attorney with Valley Crossing Law, talking about revisiting these estate plan and succession plans for the farm. And Bridget, you also talked about interest rates, and we are seeing interest rates changing. Unfortunately, they're going up. How does that play? Give us a little more detail. How does that play into this plan? Back to that, if we've got that business entity and that ability to buy someone out, often we're looking to protect the farm in those instances and say, okay, so if it's the grandson who walks away and he owns 20%, he's got the right to get bought out, but we're not going to go to the bank and borrow 20% of the equity of the farm to pay him out and write him a big check. He's already agreed that he has to agree to take payments over time. Um, And often those agreements are written saying, and he'll get paid interest at the lowest legal rate of interest. And that rate has changed significantly over the last year as to what that lowest legal rate of interest is. And so if we start throwing, you know, numbers on this and that lowest legal rate of interest at at one point was, you know, 1.5%, and if what that buyout is is a million dollars. If we shift that interest rate now closer to 4%, which is more the range we're in now, you know, an extra 2.5-3% on a million dollars is a lot of money and thinking about what that payment schedule would be. So um, looking at what those what those rates mean, a lot of those agreements are written in the theoretical, right? It's the value at the time, it's the rate at the time, and then it's this many years. Actually testing that formula based on today's numbers often gives us a lot more insight as to whether our plan really makes sense and whether it's really affordable and workable. And again, Bridget Finke, I like to call Bridget our resident attorney. She works on these things of well, every day just about. Valley Crossing Law over in Baldwin, a good resource. Uh, if you got questions on, on your plan or, as she said, keep the numbers up to date, you give her a call at 715-688-4045. 688-4045. Bridget Finke over at Valley Crossing Law in the Baldwin area. We'll check some market numbers next. We'll get those numbers current for you with Rocky from over at Premier. They're in Withy. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's 5.30 in the morning. Let's get over to Premier Livestock. Takes my breath away when I talk about Premier Livestock and with you. Rocky Olson is with us. Good morning, Rocky. Well, downtown Lublin White this morning. It is, but I mean, uh, I guess we sure didn't get as much snow as they're talking, which, hey, that was all right. Yeah, we got a little bit to start, as I said earlier. It's kind of nice to ease into it and uh, get your snow-removing muscles in place. But, uh, yeah, we got about uh, well, about two and a half, a little more than that. Rice Lake, uh, that way, got the most seven inches. But uh, didn't oh. disrupt the trade, I take it, yesterday, so how'd it go? 
Uh, thank you, and uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, this is how yesterday's feeder cattle auction shaped up here at Premier. We sold 400 head of feeder cattle, and we sold 100 uh, bred beef cows. Uh, feeder cattle sold steady to slightly lower uh Sale consisted mostly of smaller groups this week, uh, not really well tested. Uh, the beef calves, new crops, sold mostly from a dollar thirty-five to a dollar seventy-five. Uh, although Holstein steers were a little bit stronger, uh, mostly from one fifteen to one forty-nine, and the bred beef cows sold mostly from eight to thirteen seventy-five. Next week, Tuesday, uh, that'll be a bigger feeder cattle auction. That will be a regular scheduled special. Uh, we're also selling bread stock cows for that sale. Call in those consignments. Today, Wednesday, uh, we got our hay auction at 9.30, and then 11 o'clock a.m. we sell the dairy cattle auction. Really got a nice lineup for the sale today. Uh, we do have two complete herd dispersals. Herd number one, we got 90 Holstein Parlor Freestall cows, 85-pound uh, average on 2X. Uh, they got 120 cell count. They sell on test. Uh, all AI sired, nice herd of cows there. They're also staff and microplasma tested negative. Herd number two, uh, we have 45 registered Jersey Parlor Freestall cows. They got a 6.2 butter fat, 4.0 protein, and they'll sell on test, plus many other fresh cow consignments and spring and heifers. Full listing with pictures on our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Any questions, call us anytime, 715-229-2500, and that's how it's shaped up, Bob. 6.2 butter fat? Yeah. Well, he's got some cows in there, seven, eight. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Where are they coming high, from? High fat, right out of Minnesota. Wow, that's uh, that's something else. Hey, I just was looking at the, and I don't know if you've seen it, the uh, DNR had the summary of the of the deer hunt. We'll get the numbers here in a little bit. But uh, did you know this, Rocky? Licenses were sold to hunters in all 50 states, Washington, D.C., and Puerto Rico also Hunters came from 21 different countries to deer hunt in Wisconsin. Did you know that? Wow. That's pretty amazing. That is amazing. Wow. 21 different yeah. countries to deer hunt in Wisconsin. Wow. Well, are you talking about the uh, the deer numbers coming up next? Yeah, we'll get those on here in just a little bit. But uh, I'll be listening. All right. More than we had a year ago. We'll tell you about that. Hey, thanks, Rocky. Have a good one. Thank you, Bob. All right. That's Rocky Olson over there at... Uh, Sky or Premier Livestock. I was going to say Skywarn 13, but we're going to go there next, and uh, we're going to get a, a weather update. We'll get Mike Dandry in here to tell us what happened and who got what. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, we know what happened yesterday, but what's ahead? Let's check our weather, courtesy of Christensen Sales of Abbotsford. Mike Dandry is over at Skywarn 13. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. Well, just as you said, the northwest part going to get the most, and then they did. Oh, yeah. Rice Lake, seven inches of snow. I mean, that's just, for November, that's, un- I can't comprehend it. Yeah, well, <laughs> I hope they can because they got to move it. River <laughs> Falls got, what, six and a half? Six and a half, yeah. yeah over four inches, four and a half in Spring Valley. So mm-hmm. some folks got white, but uh, that's over, but... Where it fell, it's not going to stay, huh? No, so uh, basically we had, uh, in Eau Claire, we were right along that wintry mix line as well, so we didn't get quite as much snow, but 
today we are seeing just a, a chance at some flurries in the early going as we have some cloud cover. But really the story is going to shift from yesterday's snow to some very cold and blustery winds today. As we'll have winds sustained between about 20 to 25 miles per hour. So it really wouldn't surprise me to see gusts nearing 40. Otherwise highs mostly into the low 20s. Now tonight we'll start to break up some of those clouds and give way to mainly clear skies and lows dipping into the single digits, being that we have that snowpack as well and we'll still be rather breezy, so some of those wind chills getting below zero. Tomorrow slightly warmer, mostly sunny into the low 30s for our highs. Even warmer on Friday as those winds pick up a little bit more out of the south, but we'll have more cloud cover and highs mostly into the low 40s. But then we have just a chance at a little bit of freezing drizzle going into Friday night. So keep that in mind if you do have any weekend plans. Otherwise, Saturday, mostly cloudy to start us off. Then more sunshine into the afternoon. Highs once again only into about the mid-20s. Sunday, a little warmer into the low 30s with more sunshine. But then Monday and Tuesday, we cool it off a little bit more as more clouds roll in with highs into the upper 20s on Monday and only into the mid to upper teens by Tuesday. But right now we do have a few flurries, an otherwise mostly cloudy sky with a temperature of 22 degrees in Eau Claire. All right, and uh, the operative word is wind today, huh? Yes, so uh, tie down any holiday decorations, and of course that might create some blowing snow, so uh, keep that in mind for any visibility concerns. Oh, that's right, those blow-up things. You might see Frosty the Snowman (laughs) blowing across the prairie, huh? (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, we appreciate that, Mike. Thank you, sir. We'll talk to you later. All right, talk to you tomorrow, Bob. There you go, Mike Dandry over at Skywarn 13 with our weather. Brought to you by Christensen Sales of Abbotsford. And uh, we've got Morgan coming in next with the news. And again, all brought. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Hey, let's get more of that information. Morgan McCarthy is with us this morning in the newsroom. And how wild to get over in Boyceville. In fact, I got to go to Boyceville this morning, our FFA program with the Boyceville FFA. Oh, yeah, a lot of kids involved in that. In fact, I just bought some wreaths and evergreen from my niece. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're selling their FFA gear, they were, so I have that coming in to hang soon. Yeah, they got the nice greenhouse outside uh, the back of the school, mm-hmm. so uh, I don't know how much snow. There was. How much snow did you get over that? About way? five and a half. Oh, you did? Yeah, we got about five and a half inches near us in Dunn County there, and uh, I know for a fact it was welcome in my yard because now I don't have to go out with a shovel and pick up behind <laughs> my dogs. So you got plenty to cover my uh, fenced-in area, there I'll tell you, you that. Know, nothing wrong with that. That's for sure. There's a benefit to it every Mm -hmm. time. Got to find the upside. Yeah, that's for sure. So besides snow, what else is going on? Well, plenty. And actually, we'll uh, begin in our area and then go to Dunn County. Good morning. Here's what we're learning today. About 10 a.m. this morning, more answers are expected in the death of Eau Claire County's former sheriff. A news conference scheduled for this morning to discuss former Sheriff Ron Kramer's death. In other headlines that do take us to Dunn County, a jury says that a killer there was sane at the time of his crime. A jury yesterday said there's no evidence that Ryan Steinoff wasn't in his right mind when he killed Bruce McQuiggan back in 2020. Steinoff looking at prison time now and not a stint in a mental hospital as he will be formally sentenced in February. Well, the dating app predator Timothy Olson was spotted and arrested by police in Franklin on Tuesday. He's wanted for drugging and stealing a woman from Racine. He's also a person of interest in the death of a woman who collapsed at a South Milwaukee bar. Here's the Franklin police chief, Rick Oliveira, saying it's possible that there are more victims. Maybe some that are maybe embarrassed to come forward. Uh, hopefully that he's in custody now, that if there are victims, that they're more likely to to call their local departments and report that. Hopefully that would be the case. There's no, there's no doubt that this... 
person would continue to do what he did until caught. Oliveira said Olson was spotted by an alert officer Tuesday morning and was taken into custody following a struggle, which included him being tased. As we look across the state, there's also rumors and rumblings that a judge might take the step up. And we go to the Waukesha bench where Judge Jennifer Duro is expected to make an announcement. There are some rumors and rumblings surrounding that, right, John? A little 715 newsroom coverage here and where she may want to go. Judge Jennifer Duro is expected to make an official announcement later today. She joins a growing field in what will certainly be a contentious race for the courts. Conservatives have a four to three majority on the court right now, but liberals are hoping to flip that during the spring election. Doro's going to face conservative former Justice Dan Kelly in the Republican primary. Kelly said he hopes voters will consider the candidates carefully when it comes time to vote. I'm John DeMaster. We take a road trip to Lake Halley to talk about roads as you might be asked for more money. Village leaders last night in that area agreed to put a tax hike question on the spring ballot. So it goes to voters. Lake Halley's looking for at least $800,000 and that money there going to maintain roads in the area. And it was Jumbotron action. We've all raised a beer, maybe one or two of them, if you've been watching some recent Packers games. But this was a Marine veteran making the best out of her prosthetic leg. This all happened at a Lakers game on the big screen. Annika Hutzler was seen on the Jumbotron at the Los Angeles Lakers game Monday, pouring a beer into her prosthetic leg and then chugging the drink as the crowd cheered. Hutzler had her leg amputated in 2019 after a tumor couldn't be removed from her foot. I'm Drake Thomas. And we head back to the barn with Bob in the Midwest Farm Show, live local and doing the chores along with you on Wax 104.5. Oh, dear, beer will never taste the same. <laughs> we never will. People drink beer out of some pretty exotic things. Yeah, I think uh, the vi- the viral footage of this is watching her do that, and the crowd was all behind her. You know what it's uh, like when oh, you see yes, somebody chug yes. a beer on the Jumbotron. I think it beats getting proposed to and having that pressure on you, right? <laughs> I wonder if when they told her about that leg, they said, well, it's a dual purpose. You can walk on it or drink out of it. <laughs> I don't know how many ounces it holds. They didn't get into specifics. Those stadium beers are expensive. Yeah, I'm sure it depends on how tall she is, how long they had to make the leg. Cost her an arm and a leg, right? <laughs> That's right. Thanks, Morgan. Anytime, Bob. All right, Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom this morning, 18 minutes before 6 o'clock. And again, uh, Morgan is uh, still there, but uh, again, the crews got out and salting and sanding and schools and everything are in pretty good shape this morning. Everything running smooth this morning. Maybe just put a little bit of extra yep. time on your travel clock and take it slow on the back roads. But uh, interstate was clear coming in, and a salute and thank you to all the plows that are yep. working hard and getting those parking lots and everything cleaned as well. Yeah, get some sand spread out again. Thanks, Morgan. Anytime, Bob. All right, and uh, we've got uh, more to do here. We'll take a look at more news and uh, some of those deer numbers, too, before we uh, get to markets. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Almost a quarter to six at Wax. And the story that you, you've you got to pay attention to is this railroad situation. And uh, you're going to see it all over the media, and you are seeing it all over the media. But officials all across the country getting more nervous about that possible nationwide rail strike and what it would mean to our economy. And, of course, that means agriculture would be very much affected. Remember, already we got a little water on the Mississippi River. So barges used to tie about 40 of them together, now 25 max. And uh, trucks on the road, how much can you haul? So the railroad's very, very important to our economy. And as we said, agriculture, we know, moves uh, uh, by 
rail, by water, by truck, but all three are important. And that's why President Biden and business organizations, including many representing farmers and agriculture, have written letters to Congress urging the House and Senate to adopt that negotiated labor deal agreed to in September. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said the House is already working to pass the agreement with no changes and send it on to the Senate. Now, in a statement, the president said, and we quote, let me be clear, a rail shutdown would devastate our economy, unquote. Economic advisors estimate a rail strike would put 765,000 people out of work in the first two weeks of the shutdown. That's over and above the railroad. You know, the railroad workers go on strike. That 765,000 people is... uh, over and above anybody that works for the railroads. So far, eight railroad unions have approved that negotiated contract, but four have not. And if Congress does not act, a strike could happen as early as December 5th. Our last railroad strike was back in 1992. Very important, and uh, let's hope that gets done. You hate to mess with, uh, you know, the industry on its own to deal with it, but uh, the uh, the implications here are huge if we don't get a settlement all right we've got uh, markets and we still got those deer numbers wax 104.5 and the midwest farm report and we'll get to the markets here in just a moment we'll catch up with uh, jerry fitzgerald over at uh, the stratford market we also usually go to uh altoona but got on the computer this morning and tried to pull up the altoona market said it's been deleted, so I don't know. We'll have to check on that, but uh, we'll get Jerry here in a minute. But again, uh, DNR had a press conference talking. We talked earlier with Rocky about how many people hunted. That was unbelievable. 21 different countries hunted deer in Wisconsin in all 50 states. Wow. But preliminary figures show hunters registered 203,295 deer during the gun season, including 98,397 bucks and 104,898 antlerless deer since archery seasons uh, opened in September on September 17th hunters have registered 301,540 deer statewide compared to last year the total firearm deer harvest up over 14% with the antlered harvest up just about 15% 14.7% the does antlerless deer up 14.1%. So, again, a lot of deer were taken by a lot of folks that came from a lot of places. Jerry Fitzgerald from Stratford in the markets next on WAC. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. WAX 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, we're about 22 degrees, and I guess that's going to be the high today because the forecast high during daylight hours is 21. Big story, though, will be the wind, 25 miles an hour plus in uh, many areas today, so be careful. Speaking of wind, let's go over to the Equity Stratford Sale Barn and uh, talk to Jerry Fitzgerald this morning. How you doing, Jerry? Well, Bob, and a very good morning to you. We're doing okay, but... uh haven't uh, ventured outside yet, and uh, I know the uh, the little four-legged guy that uh, lives here with us, he, uh, he didn't stay out very long either, so it's not <laughs> not real pleasant out. But over in your area, it's uh, more ice now to deal with, slippery roads and sidewalks and stuff, rather than a big pile of snow. Right. Well, we just got a, basically what you call a trace here. It's yeah. stuck on the grass, you know, and steep 
But the, uh, like you said, the, the important thing is to watch out how slippery the roads are because uh, traffic is going by. But uh, And unfortunately, there's not going to be any sun much today to melt it off either. No, it doesn't look like it. doesn't look like it. But Thursday and Friday will warm up. Well, how's the market activity been going on so far the first couple of days over at Stratford? Well, it's been a busy week so far, and it will continue today. But, Bob, thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. We'll summarize the first couple of days here at Equity Stratford on yesterday's auction. First of all, we'll start out with the conventional market cows. Uh, on yesterday's sale, higher-yielding fleshier cows yesterday were selling mostly from 72 to 79. Most of the cows uh, yesterday and this week so far have been selling between 52 and 72. Thinner cows, like carcass cows, those are below 52. On the organic market yesterday, higher-yielding organic cows uh, were selling from 80 to 89. Lower yielding organics below the $80 money. Uh, bull trade this week so far, better quality bulls mostly from 85 to 102, lighter weight bulls below 80. Uh, on the calf market, good quality Holstein bull calves this week are selling mostly from 100 to 200, uh, topped at 205 on the bull calves on Monday. Heifer calves are fairly limited demand, 25 to 45. Uh, your good quality uh, beef calves are selling from 175 to 350. Uh, we did top at 360 on Monday's auction on those. And of course, for an update on the fed cattle, most of those will be sold today. And, uh, Speaking about today here, we've got a busy sale planned for today here at Equity Stratford. So, folks, if you're coming in, please do dry careful. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, most of the main roads will be pretty good, I think, by sale time. So we do get started this morning around 10 o'clock. Full marketing day, as I said. Market cows today, fed cattle. Um, Cheap hog and goats, baby calves, but also we got a big feeder cattle sale here today, folks. So uh, just about whatever you're looking for, we do have it today. We've got a lot of consignments of lighter weight, three to 500-pound calves. We've got several consignments of those. We've got a consignment of uh, mixed cattle with some white parks in there, black Angus, red Angus, charlays. Also a large consignment of uh, feeding Holstein steers and Holstein heifers. Uh, they're going to weigh from about 8 to 11. So if you're looking for some short-term Holsteins, a lot of those today. So we're looking for a big feeder cattle sale today that will start around noon. Just want to take a look ahead next week here at Stratford. Our next uh, um, our next uh, um, dairy auction will be next Tuesday. We've got a very nice herd of cows for that sale next Tuesday. Complete herd dispersal. They're coming from uh, over here in the Wasa area. Complete herd. Very good components on these cows. 4-1 fat. Somatic is very low. 90000 on that. All these cows are bred to black Angus bulls. So a lot of good information on our website. So if you're looking for some good replacement Tysol cows next Tuesday here in Stratford at 11 o'clock. Bob, what we have this morning, folks, again, do drive careful. Uh, I know the uh, the plows and trucks will be out. To, like I said, the big thing over here is not the snow. It's just to get the ice off the road. So, yep, be Bob, careful. you take care. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Sounds good. Thanks, Jerry. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford sale barn again this morning. And our market's brought to you by Synergy Co-op in the Ridgeland area. Markets on the Board of Trade, kind of quiet, a mixed trade. Beans were higher yesterday on strong oil demand overnight. March corn up two cents at six seventy one. The oats up two at three eighty five. March wheat up a nickel at seven eighty seven. March soybeans eleven cents higher overnight fourteen seventy seven. Meal for March up three sixty a ton at four hundred ten dollars. And the country elevator prices at Wheat and Grain Chippewa Falls corn today six oh seven. Beans fourteen oh seven at their Connorsville location. The corn is six oh four and the soybeans thirteen ninety seven on our DTN screen at Golden Plump. Corn is six twenty seven today at Baldwin, Mondovi, Elmwood, six twenty two on the corn, thirteen eighty six on the beans, Duran, six twelve and thirteen seventy six. At Fall Creek, six oh two and thirteen sixty one, Osseo, six twenty seven. 
1391. Out at Elk Mile, Meyer Brothers, 617 on the corn, 1389 on the beans at Sparta, 619 and 1380 at Melrose Farm Service there in Sparta. Ellsworth, corn 592, the beans 1346. Ethanol plants, Boyceville, the corn is 621. Stanley and the New Richmond grain facility, 623. Barrel cheese down a cent and three quarters yesterday, a dollar eighty. Blocks down three and a half to two oh nine a pound. Butter up a half a cent, two ninety three and a half. November class three up one at twenty one oh four. December down thirty two at nineteen eighty five. January down forty one at nineteen sixty one. February down twelve at nineteen sixty four. March down twenty at nineteen eighty one. Prices mixed out to next fall. Don't forget a quick reminder that uh, the FSA County Committee elections are underway. And if uh, you're in the part of the county that's voting this year, your ballot has to be marked and in by December 5th. And also in Eau Claire County, nutrient management workshops, the 590 nutrient management workshops, there will be one tomorrow from 1 to 4. And uh, those workshops are uh, open for you to come in at the Ag and Resource Center in Altoona and get that nutrient management plan where it needs to be. And a windy day today. We're looking for a high about 21. Yeah, it's going to keep it cool because right now it's 22. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadah. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.